Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Opera Off Stage. I'm Jesse, and I'm Michelle. And today we are going to talk about everything back to school. A lot of you guys are going to be heading back to school in the next couple weeks, and looking back, there are a lot of things I wish I had known, especially in undergrad and even grad school. And so I think it's just a good way to get back into it. Yeah, I feel like getting ready for a new semester more than anything is just a big shift in mindset and schedule so we're gonna walk you guys through you know making some realistic goals having goals for the upcoming semester and really taking charge of your schedule so that you can have an awesome year yeah but before we get into that we have just a couple of announcements we are super excited to announce that our 30-day practice challenge is coming up in the month of september if you guys have been around for a while. We did one back in February of this year and it was a blast and we will get into some of the details later in the episode so stay tuned. And another thing is mark your calendars. This Sunday August 15th we are hosting another game night so check out our Instagram at Opera Offstage for more information on how to join. So when you're headed into a new semester it's definitely important to go in with a plan. And I can't stress this enough. And if there's something that I wish I could go back and tell my younger self, especially my undergrad self, it would be, you know, have a plan. Setting goals for yourself is an important step towards fast tracking your progress. Because even if you had a really busy summer full of yaps and gigs and competitions, there's absolutely no denying that the atmosphere The schedule and your mindset around summer is totally different than that of when you're in school. So here are some questions that I think will help align yourself for the new school year. Number one being, well, what are my goals for this semester? What are my goals for the year? What goals do I hope to accomplish that will put me in a better position for next year? So often we go into school and like the second we get to that first day and that first week, it's just go, go, go. And, you know, we all know once you're in music school, you're running at like a million miles a minute. And it's hard to kind of have those goals and create them while you're in the midst of having all these deadlines, having all this work for class. You know, if you have GEs, God forbid, you already know what that's like. Um, So really prepping before you start school is going to help you kind of fast track what you want to get done. So if you're headed into your final years of undergrad, you know, what goals do you have for your recitals? What types of roles are you trying to add to your resume? And then another huge question to ask yourself is, what progress did I make over summer? And this can kind of be twofold. You know, you can evaluate how the work you did over summer prepared you for upcoming auditions. You know, maybe you did some coaching over the summer and you can apply some of the stuff that you learned in those coaching sessions to upcoming auditions for your semester's opera or prep for concerts coming up. Or if you're not super pleased with the progress that you made over summer, it's really an opportunity to look at why that was and what you could do to change it. Maybe sometimes that comes down to you working a full-time job or you didn't have access to your teacher for the summer, so voice lessons were kind of here and there or virtual. Whatever the reason, What do you need to do to break out of that cycle that led you to feeling a little less prepared, making a little bit less progress than you would have liked? Yeah. And don't feel too bad if you didn't work all summer or anything. It's not it's not terrible. It's just important that if you've taken a break and I took a lot, I I almost always took a decently long break during the summer just to get away from singing for a little bit and let myself rest. But uh, it's hard to get back in the swing of things sometimes. So don't beat yourself up over it if you did. But 
it's important that you make a plan so that you're on track for the rest of your year. Definitely. And some tangible goals if you're heading into a semester is maybe you have this idea of I have never sung in Spanish before and I want to put Spanish song in my recital and so I need to start looking up some rep for that. That can be a goal, prepping for your recital. Another goal could be, you know, I want to find 15 minutes a day that's dedicated to just warming up in between my classes. Awesome. Check out your schedule, see where you can fit that in. Maybe it's, you know, I have this goal. I'm, I'm a sophomore in undergrad. My goal for next year as a junior is to, you know, either have a supporting role or a lead role and then work out some goals with your voice teacher on how you're going to set yourself up in a position to accomplish that goal in the following year. So having these goals ahead of time, rather than trying to make them up on the spot, and perhaps even when, you know, that window of opportunity has already passed, will set you up for success in this upcoming semester. And if you need more information about goal setting and, you know, really listing out reasonable steps to accomplish those goals on a day-to-day to week-to-week basis, we did a whole episode about setting goals um, and it was our first episode of 2021. So go and check that one out if you need some more information about setting healthy and realistic goals. Yeah. But one of the biggest things you have to think about when you are setting up goals is planning a reasonable schedule. And part of that is breaking things down into just more realistic steps. Because it's easy to say things like, oh, you know, I want to replace a couple pieces in my package or I want to do this audition or this competition. But there are dozens of little steps that come in between you and actually finishing that goal. So it can be really helpful to break them down into a daily, weekly, and monthly sets. I think the biggest mistake that a lot of people make when they set up their schedule is we are all over-optimistic about how we will be able to spend our time. The thing about being in school is classes and lessons and everything else can take up a lot of mental energy. And so it's important that you're realistic about how much you can do on any given day and be prepared for there to be busier times and times where you'll have a lot of time to practice and Prepare yourself to eventually and occasionally be vocally unhealthy. It happens. We all get colds. We all get allergies or we've done, you know, a full week of rehearsals and we can't necessarily spend the time actively singing. So figure out little places where you can carve out time to practice on your busier weeks. Figure out ways to practice uh, without actually singing. So doing pronunciation work and listening and maybe journaling about the character. Find ways to get in practice that don't take a physical toll on you. Yeah, I think it's totally normal to um, be over optimistic. And you just have to realize that your schedule will go through totally natural ebbs and flows as the semester unfolds. Um, You know, semesters tend to be really, really busy during that first week of heavy auditioning and then kind of even out and then get really crazy towards the end of semester and especially crazy into spring. But, you know, take a look at your schedule and see where do you have extra time to between classes to carve out time to practice? You know, where do you have time in your schedule to potentially work a full time job? Where do you have time in your schedule to just totally relax and have fun? I think, Jesse, you were totally correct and that you should also account for times when you are not at your vocal best and maybe not capable of singing and that's totally fine and just knowing that your schedule will change but if you find those tiny tiny daily steps 15 minutes of practice I'm going to do it you know when I have a 45 minute break between my two classes awesome that's something that you can kind of keep yourself accountable on and what is 15 minutes you know what I mean 
you yeah. could spend hours scrolling on your phone, so you might as well warm up in the practice room for 15 minutes. So just finding that time in your schedule and knowing that things will change and you are um, smart and you can adapt and adjust. Yeah, 15 minutes of focused work is better than an hour of unfocused work. Mm-hmm. The other thing I will say, and this may depend because like we said, schedules always change and can be difficult to work around. And when you're in college, especially, you're not always setting your own schedule. You are sometimes at the at the whim of directors. Oh my. <laughs> at whatever schedule they throw at you. So true. At 11 p.m. the night before. Yep. <laughs> R.I.P. As much as you can, set up a consistent practice routine. It really helps if you know that automatically after your English class, you immediately go to the practice room and you do 30 minutes. Like if that is your common schedule, like it'll become automatic. And it's a lot easier when you're not having to make active choices every single day when it's just second nature to go do something. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Jesse, say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) Building habits takes a lot of pressure off decision making because decision making does take up a lot of mental energy during your day the less decisions you have to make the better off you are don't plan to practice for hours you cannot cram with music it does not work we've all done it we'll all continue to try to do it occasionally but (laughs) at the end of the day like there's just going to be a cutoff point where you're no longer doing good work and you may be building bad habits into your music so just watch yourself and be okay with Occasionally when you plan to practice, knowing that you really, you can't. Um, And also keep your voice healthy. If you start to get sick or you feel yourself starting to lose your voice a little bit, do not push it. Yeah, man. If you're an instrumentalist, don't push through any sort of pain or injury as well. It's equally important. Ooh, yeah. And on that note, like plan to have days off and non-practice days. Do not plan to practice seven days a week actively singing. Really don't plan to have seven days a week anyway. Because you just need a break. But also plan some of your days to be non-vocal practice days, which is really good because I promise doing, we'll talk about it in a second, but like doing pre-work on pronunciation and rhythm without singing is going to save you a lot of time when you get to actively singing. Definitely. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, especially for singers, I don't think that seven days a week practice should be a goal. I think taking a day or two to rest is totally okay um so I don't really think that that's like an amazing goal to have of like I'm gonna practice for two hours every single day that's why I like the 15 minute warm-up it's like if you get a really great vocal warm-up every day for 15 minutes sometimes you can have time scheduled and things change maybe you're called into a rehearsal you weren't planning on or maybe your classes shift like if you at least got 15 minutes a day it would doing a really great vocal warm-up and getting your voice ready to sing even if you don't have the time to sing for the rest of the day that's still great you used your voice in a productive way yeah so our exciting announcement is that if you are trying to get into this habit of practicing or are already practicing and need a little refresher to make practicing more fun we are doing a second round of our 30-day practice challenge Woohoo! huzzah This was really, really fun the first time around. It was a lot of fun. So if this is your first 30-day practice challenge with us, we do a month-long challenge. This 2.0 version is going to start on Wednesday, September 1st, and end Thursday, September 30th. So it's a full month of September. And this is a community challenge, which means that you will be actively participating alongside other young artists in our community. 
We realized that accountability and tangible goals are the key to success in any new routine. So when we were designing our practice challenge the first time, we really wanted it to benefit both artists looking into getting into the habit of daily practice and artists who already practice daily but are looking for ways to make practice sessions more interesting because I think we've all been in a position where it's like, well, I already practice every day, but it's boring. Like it's, I'm on autopilot at this point. So a couple of things that you'll get by participating in the practice challenge. First of all, we have a free welcome guide that's filled with like weekly prompts and practice trackers and motivational articles. And that's a really good thing because if you are stuck in that rut where you're just like, I go into the practice room and I do my thing and then I leave, but I'm not really seeing progress or I don't really feel connected to my practice, doing those kind of prompts and getting to talk with people about them can be super helpful to getting you more actively invested in your practice again. Second of all, we actually have a private practice challenge discord where you can ask other singers and other musicians for feedback and resources uh, and some motivation when you're feeling a little down about things. One of my favorite things about the group chat is that it's filled with like just a ton of really supportive people all working towards the same goal. We had people sharing their exercises. I shared a bunch of little cards that I used to, uh, to change up my practice like uh, we had people offering help with diction and people it it was a lot of fun and it's a really great place to go and share any information you have but also learn from other people and see what everyone else is up to yeah i really can't stress how supportive this group was in our free welcome guide we we talk a lot about community and working towards the same goal and we were just so impressed with the first round of participants like everybody was so ready and willing to pump everybody up and it was just such a great environment like I'm literally smiling just thinking about how much fun it was and how great of a group of people um, we had participating along with us and we're really excited so if this is your second time you know thinking about doing a practice challenge with us new this year we're really excited it's going to new this year will be our cocktail hours so whoop whoop. Yeah, it's gonna be really fun. We hosted like an end of the challenge party last year, but we were like, you know, we wanna be a little bit more involved. And please note that this is all like voluntary. You're not required to go to cocktail hour or, you know, participate in the Discord, although I think it makes a world of difference. But at these cocktail hours, we'll just have two over the course of the challenge where we'll have exactly that. We'll hang out, we'll chat, we'll talk about the progress we're making, we'll share memes, maybe watch some funny videos, and just connect as a community and continue to provide that motivation for everybody participating. So I think it's going to be really fun. Last year we had over 50 active participants and it was a blast. So if you're interested in joining, send us a DM on Instagram where you can find us at Opera Offstage and we'll get you signed up. Our Instagram is 100% our main hub of info, especially for this 30-day practice challenge. So if you want to stay up to date, if you want to find more details, definitely go and check it out there. Like we said, this practice challenge will be running for the entire month of September. So if you want to jump in on it, send us a DM. So returning back to the episode content, Another huge thing to keep in mind when starting back up at school is getting back into that audition mindset. 
The first week or two of returning back to a new semester is always important because that's when you usually have your back-to-back audition period for upcoming productions or placement auditions for ensembles. It's kind of a hectic week and truly the first week back at school is just like hell for musicians. Absolute hell. It's just like, oh, did you just move in again? Are you ready for three auditions in a row that will determine the rest of your year? Yeah. Why do we do that? I'm like, this is so rude. It's so rude. I just want to say, so my freshman year, I auditioned for the music program when I got there, which meant that I had not been getting any of the music program info. I can't even imagine. So I had no clue that auditions would be that first week. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, in our ne- we're going to do a mini-sode on embarrassing things that happened to us in undergrad, and I'll talk about what that audition week was like for me. <sighs> It really is honestly one of the worst times of the semester. It's like that and then like the week of your recital slash juries <laughs> are like the two other worst times of the semester where it's like not even that these things are necessarily like so difficult, but they're just so stressful. And it's like, you know, they're coming up for months and it doesn't matter. As a musician, you are like as a music student, you're often required to to at least audition for pretty much all of the shows, even if you don't want to do it, even if you don't have availability. They just want you to get used to uh, auditioning. Um, but that meant that a lot of people, including myself, like I'm I'm not a bad dancer, but I'm not a dancer. And most of the musicals we did were dance shows. Yep. Rip. R.I.P. So there's always just a bunch of us doing a dance call who should not be in a dance call. Yeah, doing dance calls while also freaking out about opera auditions. Yeah, just truly hell week. I jokingly said we all know that it's coming up and we it's still stressful nonetheless. But I mean, even if you participated in a summer program, you know, and you're like, well, I did. I've done auditions. I don't necessarily need to get into the audition mindset. Yeah, you do. Because auditions yep. for summer programs and competitions like realistically happen in spring or fall of the previous year. And it's always a good idea to brush up on audition skills and spend some time reviewing your audition package, updating your resume and materials, you know, learning new monologues should they be required, updating your website. So there's definitely a lot of prep that should and can go into it. Which, by the way, we have, an, we have a whole episode on monologues. We also have a whole episode on like resume and audition package stuff. So so we've got a lot of resources for you guys if you are like, but I don't know what to do. We got some stuff for you. The thing about it too is like if you are learning a new piece, for me personally, I usually need a month after being memorized for a piece really to settle in. I just know that about myself. Like a month after being fully memorized, I feel really in the character. I can do it without being worried that's usually when I feel comfortable, which means anything that I want to be on a recording or be in a competition, like it needs to be memorized ba- like a, at least a month out, but preferably like two months out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really important that you really start to map out the full schedule for your auditions and productions and recitals. It's going to help you really prioritize what material you need to be looking at, because if you're like anything like me, and I know some of you are, and I'm so sorry, but... <laughs> You often gravitate to the pieces you already really enjoy singing and you don't necessarily start on the hardest thing in front of you and you kind of put it off being like, oh, I've got time. I've got time. You got to know what's coming up and what actually has to be learned now. For me, I have trouble realizing what should be most important on any given day. So I have to list things out. Sure. Yeah. Having a full schedule of your auditions, usually that information is provided to you like a week or two before 
school starts so you have a little bit of wiggle room like i'm not gonna lie to you the it's definitely like crunch time um like yep. there's no doubt that they that many music schools do not give enough notice for you to have like this super comfortable amount of time to prep ahead of time but you know that's also real world skills so that will happen to you outside of it's school. also really important because you will be filling out sheets of like what are your conflicts and having your conflicts on that sheet is so important. That's going to be the only way you're going to ever get that t- time off if you need it. Because if you don't put it on the sheet and later you're like, oh, I plan to do this competition, rip you. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. So it's really important that like as you're getting ready, sit down, open the app tracker or look at the Nats competitions. Look at whatever you're interested in doing that year and start to kind of block it out. So you really do have a sense of like what you're going to be doing. Do you need to be focusing on your recital prep or should you be working on your arias that you're taking to competitions or auditions? It's it's really going to help you set up your practice sessions for success. Definitely. You know, maybe book some extra coaching. If you live within like a reasonable distance from your school, maybe meet with your teacher at school or your coach at school and try to get in some lessons to prep for that first week and see if they have any insight on what you should be preparing for. But I would say two weeks out from the start of a new semester is like definitely the time to be really planning all of your audition stuff, do some mock auditions, record yourself, watch back and see. Because like you said earlier, Jesse, the thing that makes audition week so stressful is because it is all at the same time. And that's what determines what you're going to be doing for the rest of the semester. So really take it seriously and set yourself up for basically a year of success hopefully you know that actually makes me think a lot about all the things I wish I had known during school (laughs) I'm just really excited to get back into having coachings I have not had coaching since the beginning of the pandemic and after I move I am I am actually going to set up a regular schedule with coachings and like if you are at a school where you can just get coachings whenever you feel like it or more or less as long as you schedule them take advantage of that Oh my gosh. That is actually one of the things I wish I had known in school, which is that like getting a coaching every week, especially if you happen to have a voice teacher who's not great on the piano, can be so helpful. And it's also very motivating. Like it helps to have more than just your lesson and also helps to have a second opinion about what you're doing. So take full advantage of coachings. The other thing that was really big for me that I didn't really latch on to until I was maybe in my in grad school is how important and good networking can be. Your teachers, classical music is such a small industry and your teachers know people. Your, pe- your teachers know people who run summer programs. Your teachers know people who work in grad schools that you're interested in. So get to know your teachers really well. Like, don't just show up to your lesson and then disappear. Like, ask questions, ask them about things you should be looking at. Talk to the other professors who you don't necessarily work with and ask them about certain programs or things. If you know they have a connection to a school or they're alum, you know, they're an alumnus of a school that you're interested in, like really get to know the people in your school and ask for connections. Yeah. Definitely. I think this is sometimes like especially awkward when you maybe are like a freshman or sophomore in undergrad because you don't really feel like you had the place to like be pushing these questions on people. But like that's what your teacher and faculty are for. And if you really work on, you know, nurturing that relationship naturally, you know, they're they're going to look out for you and they're going to you're going to be in their corner. And that's really what it comes down to is building those connections so that, you know, you can mutually benefit and, you know, hopefully get some really good information out of it. Yeah. 
That's what you really want. Another thing that I I really wish I had built better into my practice was slowing down your work, really taking your time with text and rhythm before you start singing. It just saves so much time, and it's counterintuitive. Even to this day, I sometimes pick up a piece and I'm like, I'm just going to tap through it because <laughs> I'm impatient, but it will make your music better. And even though it feels like it would be faster to just tap through it or to listen to recordings or do any of the, these other things, the more you build good practice habits, the better off you will be. So even if it takes a little bit longer now, these are the skills that will help you later on to learn music really quickly if you take the time to learn it correctly the first time. Yep. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was at Pepperdine, we, we, had a, we, we were lucky enough, we had two separate master classes with Stephanie Blythe. And she is all about the text, which makes sense. And also, we are so excited because she is doing, she's doing Carmen this year. Uh, we don't need to get into that. I'm just excited. The little fangirl moment. I love it. <laughs> I just, we'll talk about it on another episode, I'm sure. But she talked about how much time she spends with her text before she begins singing. Not even looking at it with the sheet music, just reading the poem. I mean, she, she talks about spending weeks with her text. Which makes sense. She's also doing recital work and she, she may have a little more time than you do. But it's the heart of what we do is the meaning and the text set to the music. So really do spend time away from the actual sheet music and just with the words. In English and in the language it was written in. Yeah, text work really is so important. <laughs> uh, I, I saw a meme the other day that was like, uh, raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by reading your text as a monologue. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Every studio class ever. Why is that like so traumatic? It's because because we're not used to it. And then if you don't know your translations by heart, because usually they'll have you do it in English, but also trying to act in another language is wildly difficult. Yeah. So you mean like everything about it is traumatic? Uh, and it's hard not to take pauses where like the music pauses. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. It's so awkward. It's so cripplingly awkward. Suddenly you've forgotten how humans speak. Yeah, you have absolutely no concept of how to speak. I also don't know what to do with my hands, like, because I want to be holding the sheet music, you know? And yeah. It, everything about it is so bad. And everybody's just staring at you. You can't even, like, disassociate like you could potentially. Well, it's not even reading a monologue. It's reading poetry, which is way harder. Weep you no more, sad fountains. I do not need to bring up any more <laughs> repressed trauma. Please continue with your point. <laughs> but also, while you're in school, really take advantage of every opportunity that you can. If there's a master class coming up or a program or a little thing that you want to perform in, go and talk to those professors about it, even if they didn't necessarily originally consider you. The worst thing they can say is no. Take advantage of all the resources at hand. You probably have a library with a decent amount of sheet music in it. Go and explore that. And also look into masterclasses that are happening in tangential fields. Like if there's an acting masterclass that you want to go and watch, talk to someone about sitting in on it. And take those classes. You are, in, you are more than likely in a school that it ha will give you access to acting classes and dance classes and the other things that will really help you flesh yourself out as a performer. If your studio doesn't do studio recitals, talk to your teacher about putting one on. They can be really great ways, especially in those early years, to get more performances. And look at collaborating with your instrumentalist and composer friends. You're never going to be surrounded with so many musicians 
who are actively willing to work with you and probably for free, though if you're using them for a recital, you should pay them, as you are in school. It's a great time to build those friendships and relationships and do really interesting music. At Pepperdine, we had a classical guitar department, which is not something a lot of people have access to, and it's very fun to do that music. Yeah, I really can't stress how truly impossible it is to gather an ensemble once you're all graduated. (laughs) It's so much work. It's so much planning. Take advantage of it. If you want to do a piece with violin or cello or a, you know, chamber ensemble, undergrad and grad school is a time to do it, baby. Because once everybody's out working jobs and traveling, it's just a hassle. Even if they're your close friends, it's a hassle to try and get schedules to work together. So really take advantage of that. Oh, absolutely. Another thing that I wish that I had known in school, and honestly, I don't think I freaking knew even (laughs) throughout school, (laughs) was start preparing for your recital two to four weeks earlier than you think you need to. So whatever imaginary date or actual date you have planned out in your calendar where you're like, this is the time that I need to start prepping my recital. Okay, push it back two to four weeks earlier. Because, and this I think totally ties into what you said, Jesse. like there is a considerable period of time post the memorization process where you just need to get that piece in your body. Where it just needs to be like second nature. You f- you have the time to feel very comfortable about your interpretation and what you want to accomplish artistically with each piece, with each set, with each language. And giving yourself that extra two weeks to a month to really have that buffer period where you're not still working on memorization, you know, like a week before or the week of is crucial. Yeah. I mean... It depends on your school, but we had to perform our recitals fully memorized a month out. And that is honestly not even like the earlier, the better. But a month out is a good plan. It's a good plan to whether or not your school requires it of you perform it all the way through in the order you plan on it as if you were actually doing it a whole month before. But recital prep always takes longer than you think it will. And you're going to get sick. You're going to have other plans. You're going to have 85 exams on one week that you didn't expect. <laughs> always start working earlier than you think. I always find recitals and like the way we think about recitals so fascinating. Because if you think about it, odds are you probably do just as much, if not more, singing in a recital than what you would do for whatever opera you're in that semester. Unless you're like the title role and like some really singular role heavy opera like you do more singing in your recital it's you the entire time for like 60 minutes yeah but we don't prep for it the same way that we prep for opera for opera you spend like four months working on it and for recitals I feel like we mentally don't think of it as much of a as much of a challenge as like preparing an opera role even though it's equally as challenging and equally as like equally requires as much time so if you think about it in that framework Like preparing 60 minutes of solo music where it's like really just you to be entertaining an audience is a ton of work. Even even in an opera, you really don't perform 60 full minutes of music usually. No, and certainly not straight all the way through. Like recitals are marathons. They are very difficult. 100%. But we love to push them off. So yeah, having it fully memorized 
ready to go a month in advance is a good goal. You could do a month and a half in advance. Would it be even better? Because the other thing is we don't usually have a lot of opportunities to run our recital front to back aside from that like pre-recital screening if you if your school requires one. And that's something that I like realized going into my grad recital was like I picked a beast of a recital. Like I picked some hard long pieces and I definitely would have benefited from running it start to finish many more times than I did because so often you're working on two pieces here in your voice lesson, three pieces in this coaching, maybe you run your sets uh, or two sets back to back every once in a while, but very rarely do we have the chance to run through our full recital, our full recital, and it requires a lot of stamina. So, yeah, all that is to say, prep as early as possible. Truly, we cannot insist upon this enough. <laughs> this uh this is actually sneakily just our episode about recital prep. <laughs> Um, but another thing that I had wish I had known, uh, and the final advice that we'll leave you is, uh, start creating a list of competitions and young artist programs that you want to participate in the following summer. And this is really important because especially in early undergrad, we don't always have the knowledge. We haven't really necessarily done the research or haven't been exposed to a large breadth of the competitions and yaps out there that you can audition for and that would be appropriate for you to audition for and so waiting until late fall or early spring to start doing that research honestly by that point it's almost too late you've almost set yourself up for a disadvantage if you don't have like a perfect ready to go set of you know audition pieces and materials so really doing the prep work Talking about those goals as early as possible in the semester with your teacher will put you in a great spot to have an awesome audition package that is appropriate and meets the requirements of what that summer program or competition requires. It gives you enough time to go to your mentors to make sure that your resume is up to date. Make sure that if they require a website, what that looks like gives you enough time to really plan out those recording sessions. So maybe you can split it up into two rather than one. So really spend the year polishing up your audition package, your competition package, which should be a separate package, and preparing to fundraise or save up to cover the cost of these young artist programs. So really start prepping for that from the beginning of the semester. That's something that I definitely wish I had known earlier. All right, so that would be our main points of things to keep in mind as you're going back to school. Our last piece of advice. I know I said the last one was the last, but this is really the last. I'm pulling a conductor moment. The last moment. of the last. Okay. <laughs> this is our last, last piece of advice. Our last, last final piece of advice is have fun. These years of school go by so fast. And I know in, I know when you're in it, I know when you're th- in the thick of it, it does not feel like it goes fast. It feels like you're there forever. But once it's over, you're like, where did it go? So fast. Yeah. And it's a time where you will always have easy access to your friends, to your colleagues, to your most important mentors. And it's really important to cherish the time that you guys spend together and cherish the convenience of having them all in one place. Because once you graduate, everybody goes off on their own separate path and it's really, really hard to get that atmosphere back. So just enjoy it. Have fun. For all the talk we've done about working and setting yourself up for success and all of that, at the end of the day, you should also be enjoying it. 
because it is it's a really special time and it's a really wonderful it's a wonderful place to be making friends and music so have a great school year everybody and if you need any help if you need any advice or if you want to talk about anything you can always come to us you can go on our discord which you can get through our instagram bio you can always come talk to us on Instagram. Our handle is at Opera Offstage. Our DMs are always open. We chat with people all the time, and we're happy to answer any questions you might have. I will link to some of those other episodes that we have mentioned that we've done on things like resumes, habit building, and anything else I've talked about in this episode uh, in our description for this on Apple Podcasts. Hooray! Go forth and be merry. Have a great semester, you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye! Bye! Bye!